Hey, welcome back this week. Uh, just an honor to be back with you. Man, isn't God doing some amazing things in 2021? I'm so excited to continue to see all that God has in store for our church. Hey, if you don't remember this, May 2nd's coming up. And on May 2nd, we're going to articulate really what the Midtown community is all about. If you want to be a part of that, you can go to midtownknox.org and just find that, that link that says next steps. Click on that. If you want to be a part, we'd love for you to come figure out what it looks like to take your next step at Midtown Community and be a part of what God's doing here. Uh, glad you've decided to join because today I have the honor of sitting with Miss Donna Avent. Donna, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's so great to be here. It's, it's an honor to sit with you. Uh, we've had the pleasure of being friends and somewhat like family uh, for quite a time now. And now you're, you're not old, but you're older than me. <laughs> and you have a little bit of experience uh, you and your family have been in, uh, like w w some say, ministry mm -hmm. uh, for a time now. How long has that been? 40 years. 40 years. Yes. And in this season of your life, uh, you served in the church for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And now you're a part of a ministry called Life Action. Mm -hmm. And you and your husband are alongside together in this ministry, yes. correct? Um, you now have the opportunity of traveling and kind of seeing the scope of everything that's taking place kind of around the country, yes, correct? Yes, yes. Bring us in a little bit to that scope, into that place. What do you see happening today? Well, before COVID, I saw a lot of desperation and a lot of women without hope. Before COVID, when I would have the opportunity to speak to women, I saw a lot of anxiety. This was pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. So then COVID happens <laughs> and the anxiety level, the desperation goes off the charts. Yeah. I would say now that things are starting to open up and in the last um, couple of months, I've gotten to go to several different states and speak live to a group of women and to serve churches. And I'm seeing, I'm still seeing some hopelessness and some anxiousness, but more than anything, I'm seeing um, a hunger for God, mm. actually. Yeah. And I'm starting to see some churches, I would say, in stages of what I would even call pre-revival, mm. a desperation for God. Yeah. But they are still looking for hope. And I think there is there's a group of people that are, that are hopeful, and then there's that group of people that are still scared out of their mind yeah. and looking for hope. Yeah. Have you seen this as a collective, like pretty much everywhere you've gone, it's kind of in the same story? Yes, I see in churches um, a mix of different things. Yeah. I mean, we've been in some churches that are about to die. Yeah. We served one church in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that unless a miracle happens, they're gonna go away. Yeah. Um, and there's a real desperation there. Then I've been in churches in Idaho mm. and I've been in churches in Louisiana where God is beginning to work there and yeah. people are coming to know Jesus. And um, the, uh, people are saying we need Jesus as our hope and there is a desperation. Yeah. And where there is desperation, Jay, that's when Jesus shows up. That's a good word. Because you, you referenced me talking to ladies and, and ha them telling you that, hey, anxiety, depression, worry, and I would say like on the other side of really counseling a lot of men, it's not so different even from, from the guy's side either. Mm -hmm. And so just to hear that, like I think everybody's in the same boat in this season and COVID really did do a number uh, in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'm just revealing maybe even where our hope was and then revealing that there is a need for hope today. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what do, you, what do you think is like the key to discovering or finding hope? 
today in 2021? Well, for me personally, I I entered a series uh, a season of my life where I was felt hopeless. Mm-hmm. It was a season where my mom had just passed away. Um, I had just left. Uh, a position as the pastor's wife for many, many years. And I, I hit a brick wall and felt very hopeless. And I had a friend say to me, you need hope. And so I did what I've been taught to do by um, a great woman named Esther Walker, your grandmother. I went to God's word Mm. and I began to study where is hope found in the scripture. And in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, the word hope is used more than any other chapter in the New Testament. And I began to study the book of Romans. And as I began to pour over that book, God just showed me some things that I needed, Jay. And I think these are things that every person needs. First of all, what we have to understand is the book of Romans was written by Paul um, during a season of hopelessness in their culture. Um, Nero was starting his reign and Nero was a very evil emperor. And what we have to understand about the Roman culture is not so different than the culture today. During the time that Paul wrote this book to the Romans, um, there was a lot of persecution outside the walls of the church. And inside the church, there was a lot of racial tension, a lot of racial tension. And so it was very similar to today. Um, The other thing that was going on is the Roman culture set their emperor up to be God and Nero considered himself a god. And so, uh, and the answer to everything. So as I begin to study Romans, here, here's something that just stood out so clearly to me. And of course, I don't have time to go through the whole book of Romans, but just looking at some simple passages, first of all, um, I think to find hope, we have to choose to remember who he is. Yeah. See, when we lose hope, we forget who Jesus really is. And just a few passages in the Word, uh, Romans 1.20 talks about um, God's eternal power, His divine nature. Romans 11.33 through 36 talks about God's wisdom, His knowledge, His unsearchable just judgments. Uh, just those words alone, a lot of Romans would have described Nero as that. Mm. And so it's no coincidence that Paul said, uh-uh, church, that that what how you want to describe Nero, his judgments aren't unsearchable, only God's are. His wisdom is not final final, only God's is. And one of my favorite all-time passages is Romans 16, 27. And uh, Paul actually closes the whole book reminding us of who um, Jesus is. He says that Jesus is the only wise God. Mm. So good. That verse is also used by Paul in 1 Timothy 1.17. And that's a description that wise God is a description, uh, a picture word of a man who stands on top of the mountain and he can see uh, 360 degrees around. That's so good. And you know what, Jay, when we lose hope, we forget this is yeah. who our God is. Right. So the first thing we have to do is we have to say, okay, the world says this is who God is and, and my circumstances say this is who God is, but no, this is who God's word says God is. Now, the second key to hope is something that I learned from my mom as I watched her die. Mm-hmm. She had Alzheimer's and um, we kind of get spiritual Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, we forget really who we are. And um, God had to remind me that I am not defined by a label. The minute we start defining ourselves by 
I'm John's wife or I'm Christy's mom or I'm the pastor's wife. The minute we, we totally identify with just a label, we lose sight and lose hope. Because see, any of those situations can change. Right. But the unchangeable identification that I have, we find in the book of Romans. Um, and I'm going to read one of these passages because yeah. I think one of them is just so powerful, Jay. And this is Romans 8, 15 through 17. Let me read this. It says in Romans 8, 15 through 17, it says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Yeah, that's so good. Jay, I'm a co-heir with the king of the universe. I am his daughter. I have access to everything my heavenly father has. And I must remember that. But now here's another thing that we forget. And it's found even in the very beginning of Romans. In Romans 1.1, Paul says that he's a servant. Now see, that word in itself, when I say servant, we as Americans, we don't like that. We want to be the leader. Yeah. We want to be in charge. That means they don't have to serve anybody. That's right? exactly right. right. We want to be self-sufficient. Right. It is so countercultural mm-hmm. to American Christianity. Yeah. And um, God says, no, Donna, you're a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about Luke 138, where Mary says to, you know, says, here I am. I'm just your servant. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite authors, Nancy Lee DeMoss Wogelmuth says, if in American culture we could embrace the word servant yeah. and truly live it out without any animosity, without any regret, it would change the whole church. Right. If every morning I just woke up and just said, I just want to serve. Right. I just want to serve. Today that means I might come speak. Yeah. It, it might mean I need to go clean my toilet. Right. Right. <laughs> it might mean I need to change my baby's diaper. Right. It might mean I need to pray with somebody. Mm -hmm. But when I see myself as a servant and a daughter of the king, the two go like this together. Um, One of the things that I've just learned recently that that goes along with this, and although this word is not found in the book of Romans, the whole concept is through the whole Bible. And it began in um, Deuteronomy 7, 6, where um, God says that we are his treasured possession. The Hebrew word there means segulah. Uh, uh, you are his segula. You are his treasured possession. And basically when um, uh, Moses wrote this and, and the, the audience heard it, they knew this picture word. It was a picture of a great king going into a, a place where he kept all his treasures. Mm-hmm. And the king, somebody would say, king, what is your most special possession? What is your segula? And the king would go over and pick up something and say, this Jay, that's what you are and that's what I am. That's so good. I love that. When I know that I'm his co-heir, the daughter of the king, when I know I'm his servant, when I know I'm his treasure possession, what hope does that bring? So I think the first place we have to start when we want to have hope is remembering who he is Mm -hmm. and remembering who we are. Right. And not have spiritual Alzheimer's. Remember. Yeah, that's so good just to remember the right things. I feel like sometimes it's so easy to remember the wrong things or to remember it the way that we want to remember it, to invent something that wouldn't be what that says really about our God. I invent a God that I appreciate more or that 
bends toward what I believe and what I think about myself, honestly. And like you said, like sometimes I find my my hope and my security in what I've told myself about myself. It's not even what God has said or who he is. I don't know. I find that sometimes in my life. I just, I really want to believe uh, what I want to believe. And I want to set the truth. And I want to set the tone for what it looks like. And I don't sometimes want to believe that God's called me a treasured possession. Because I don't feel like a treasured possession, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, it's just his truth. And as you receive this truth, it really does set you free. Man, that's so good. Uh, What do you think is um, maybe some keys, practical advice for us today? Uh, for those of us who are like in search for hope or um, who are fighting to maintain this hope that we have, what's some practical advice that you would you would give us today? Well, one of the things I think when we think of hope and that if we have a lot of hope, we think there's no issues or problems in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think circumstances are easy. Yeah. And yet, good. if you go back and you look at that passage that I read in Romans chapter 8, 15 through 17, that whole passage there ends on saying that if I am a co-heir with Christ, I'm going to experience suffering mm. because I'm going to identify with my Lord and Savior. And without experiencing suffering, I'm never really going to truly know Him. Mm. Now, see, again, that goes against our American culture. Yeah. Because we don't want to suffer. And yet what I've seen is God has given me the privilege of traveling really all over the world when I go into third world countries, countries of great persecution, and I meet believers who have really gone through a lot of persecution. They have so much hope because they're keyed in on Jesus as their hope, not a circumstance changing. Right. Whereas we in America, sometimes we think, okay, I can have a lot of hope and joy and peace if my circumstances are good. That's good. And that is so countercultural to God's word. Right. Because he even equates suffering with knowing Jesus better. That's right. That's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the practical things is um, it comes out in Romans 15. Let me read this. Um, Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So everything, all of God's Word is written to teach us. So that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And then it goes on in 5, May the God who gives endurance. Jay, I think we have to learn how to endure. Yeah. We don't like to endure. We like things to come easy. That word endure means to bear up under, to come up under. Mm. And it is such a special word. Um, I I like to to illustrate it this way. Um, We're easy to give up, to quit. And endurance is finishing. Mm. It's going the long road. It's it's completing what you've been called to, even when things are hard. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Scott Hamilton. He was a great Olympic ice skater. He might be too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In my day, Scott (laughs) Hamilton was, you know, if you said Scott Hamilton, everybody went, oh, great Olympic gold medalist. (laughs) Yeah. So I read an article in where um, Scott Hamilton said before he won his first gold medal, he fell 41,600 times. Hmm. Wow. That's a lot. And so every time he got up, 
Yeah. And he didn't win that gold medal because by staying down, right. he got up. That's so good. And I think right now we um, see people that have decided, you know, oh, I'm not going to come back to church um, for whatever reason. You know, I'm going to quit. I'm not going to serve the Lord anymore. My cir- my circumstances are too hard. That is so countercultural to God's word. Right. He says to endure. Mm-hmm. And hope comes when we say yes to him and endure what he's asked us to do. Yeah. You know, so I would say, don't quit. Yeah. You know what? Don't quit on that marriage. Don't quit on don't quit praying for that prodigal child. Yeah. You know, if God's called to you that ministry, don't quit. Right. Get back up and endure. Mm. And um, the other practical thing I would say, the way we endure is we endure because of his word. That's good. That pa- that passage there says, yeah. so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. You know, Before COVID, one of the worst things that I experienced in the American church is what I call um, fat Bible study girls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, this is a description of a person who goes from a Bible study to a Bible study to a Bible study to a Bible study. Wow. God doesn't call us to go to Bible study. He does call us to know his word. That's good. He told he calls us to read it. He calls us to study it, to meditate on it. Right. He calls us most importantly to live it. Yeah. Yep. And you can't live it unless you know it. But the problem is so many of us and I've been guilty of this. So many oh. of us we have read it, memorized it, but we haven't lived it out. Right. Right. And so we have this huge void in our life. We wonder why, is there, why there's no hope, why there's no joy, there's no peace. Well, we have it in here, but we haven't lived it out in our hearts. Right. And I think that is so important. You know, my, my neighbor, she doesn't care how many Bible studies I go to. <laughs> she doesn't care that I've just finished my fifth graduate course in seminary. She doesn't care how many verses I have memorized. But you know what she does care about? Mm-hmm. She cares about I love her. Yeah. She cares about that I'll listen to her. Mm-hmm. She cares about that I'll bring her some dinner when she yeah. needs dinner. Right. She cares that I'll cry with her. She cares that I'll take time for her. Right. You know, the, the repairman that comes to my door who's lost, he doesn't care that all about all that. He cares if I'll be kind yeah. even in the face of unkindness. Yes. That's Our so world cares about how we live God's Word, Jay. Right. And when we live God's Word, it brings hope to everybody around us. And I tell you, the other thing it brings is unity. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of talk these days about the racial tension. There has never been more racial tension than in New Testament times. And God clearly says in this passage, he says, may the God of hope who gives you endurance and encouragement, give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. And why would he give you unity? So that with one heart and one mouth, you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jay, we have to experience unity in our nation. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to do it without living out God's word. Yeah. Without living out God's word. How how do you experience unity without God's word? No. And really, as you think about just that, that it's it's God who gives you this endurance is what you just read. And all of those scriptures, the encouragement of the scriptures is the person of Jesus, that relationship with the God of the universe that we have together. 
And then that's what really unites us. We have one faith, one hope, one baptism. Mm -hmm. We are together as one with our Father. What happens to you happens to me. That's what brings unity. We have this collective hope. I got asked this question uh, the other day. It's like, why, why is it that people find hope when they go through a traumatic event like losing their job or losing somebody deep in their life? And it, I, I really thought about that a lot for a minute. But you know what I thought in that moment, and I, I know that many who are listening uh, may feel that same way. Like, there's no hope when, I, when I've lost this or uh, how do I find hope? Or these people only find hope when they go into this valley. But I feel like in the valley and even in that place of endurance, you get a really good view of the reality of what we're actually sitting in. Yes. Some of us, we, we exist in this dreamlike place that all of our hope is in whatever relationship I have because I have a fine, my relationship's fine. I have enough money in my bank account. My house is fine. I've got some kids or I don't have some kids and I like it just the way it is. Thus, I have hope. But down in the valley, when things are kind of falling apart, you really see where those concrete hopes exist. Yes. And it's in that place sometimes. It's not just that these people are weaker, so they look for something. I think they get a view of reality. Mm -hmm. And in that place of endurance, what you're talking about, it's the place of reality. We really get to see the world as it really is. And I think we get a good dose of what the truth really is, mm -hmm. that, man, there, there isn't much concrete here. Mm -mm. nothing mm -mm. worthy of my hope and my admiration and my trust, my full trust, you know, mm -hmm. because it's all moving. It's all like a, a wind moving here and there. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying, I just, I love that so much because it's so true. Whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, we're all in the same boat of this. We're all searching for a hope that is lasting and stable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what this points us to, is the one hope, which is the king of the universe, and his name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I, I, I thank you so much for sharing this word with us. Because if, if maybe you're watching this today and you're like, man, I don't, I don't have hope. I don't know how to get there. Um, help, help that person. What's, what's a way to get that hope today? What does it look like? Help them have that today. Okay, I'll... Let me use this verse okay. because this verse wraps it all up. Okay. This is how we truly have hope. And mm -hmm. this is the key. And this is uh, Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope, mm -hmm. that's yeah. what we're talking about, fill you, without, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The key to having hope is trust. Yeah. If we don't trust him, if we don't say yes to him with our entire being, then we're never going to experience hope. And we sure won't experience joy and peace. Yeah. See, where there is no trust, there is no hope. Where there's no hope, there's no joy and peace. Mm -hmm. Where there's no joy and peace, there's no Holy Spirit. And when there's no Holy Spirit, there is no ability for people to see Jesus in us. Yeah. And that's what we're all about, even at Midtown. Mm. We want people to encounter Jesus right, because right. he's the one that changes our lives. That's so true. 
um, I have a favorite little acrostic, and, and when I'm really discouraged or when I think I'm losing hope about a certain situation, maybe a person I've been praying with or maybe a certain circumstance isn't coming about in the way I think it should be and I'm, I'm trying to find my hope in that situation getting fixed, I go back and I ask myself this question, am I really trusting Jesus? Mm. And here's my little acrostic, and I've used it for years, and, and, and it just helps me ask myself this. Trust, T, total dependency on God. Yeah. Am I totally depending on God or am I depending on myself? Okay. R, am I relinquishing all my rights or am I clinging on to a right that I should have something or be something or a situation? When I, when I hold on to my rights and demand my rights, then I'm not really trusting the Lord. Mm. You come under his authority. When I come under his authority, I have the ability to see him as hope. As long as I'm the boss, mm. it's not going to happen. S, sovereignty. Do I acknowledge who he is? Remember at the very beginning, we talked about who he is and that he's sovereign. Mm. Do I acknowledge in that in my life? And then finally, T, do I have a teachable spirit? And this is the hardest one for me. <laughs> the older we get, the longer we've become a believer, we don't tend to have a teachable spirit. And we think we have all the answers. But I would just encourage you today, if you're really struggling with hope, the question you need to ask yourself, do I really trust him? Yeah. Do I really trust him? Because the minute you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you, then he's going to begin to fill you with all joy and all peace. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is going to flow without you. All those people that you just described that are hopeless, mm -hmm. they don't have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And God has called us at Midtown and every person that's listening, he's called us to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that when we encounter somebody, they go, what? Why are you like this? And then you can share, well, you know, if I'm not like this because I have my act together. I'm not like this because everything in my life is perfect. Right. I'm like this because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Yeah. And Jesus right. is my hope. I love that. Our hope really is connected to belief. Yes, it is. It's, it's that connected trust. connected yeah. right to belief. And that would be maybe the question as we, as we close today, as we think about where is our hope? What do I trust in? And that word really is to rest in. What am I resting in? Am I resting in my job today? Am I resting in a relationship today? Am I resting in that I finally got the promotion today? Mm -hmm. um, and if, if that's it, I want to invite you into all joy and a deeper hope and a deeper peace and it really is the fullness of those things that it is the it's the absolute of those things it's actually those things uh into uh putting our trust into the one who is worthy of our trust and his name is jesus and how you start that is simply a conversation uh if today you don't have hope and you don't have peace and you don't have joy and you know it you can actually have that today it can begin coming to fruition in your life right now all it is is a simple prayer of faith where you call out to a person and his name is Jesus. He is the authority in the spiritual realm. And as you call out to him, he will give to you his presence right where you are. Just tell him that's what you need. Jesus, speak that name out loud. Jesus, I need hope today. I want to put my trust in you. I've been trusting in blank, 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 fill in the blank for where you are and just call out to Jesus and tell him you want to trust him. And right now, I promise you, here's what will begin to happen. It will be as though a weight falls off your shoulders when you call on the name. Now, if you made that decision and you call on that name and you put your faith and trust there, 
Would you let us know that? Go to midtownknox.org, connect with us there, and we want to continue walking with you. This isn't going to be something we call you forward, embarrass you, anything else. We just would love to have a conversation with you. And if you have any questions, you say, man, I don't understand when you said this or this, connect with us there, and we'd love to answer any question you have. We want to be here for you in this season of 2021 and want to make sure that you discover and step into a continued discovery of what hope really is. Because it doesn't just stop here, does it? Because as you receive Jesus, then he calls you into becoming a a manifestation of hope here in this world. And so then we get to reflect the glory, basically, that we're receiving. We get to be this to the world. And so other people are going to discover hope. Uh, based upon what God does in our life. And we want to see that come about in yours. One of the ways uh, that that can happen is, would you connect in our next steps? Because there we're going to discover after we call on Jesus, he's going to gift us to be uh, his manifestation here. Uh, How has he gifted you? We want to see you step into your gifting, how God has placed you, whatever city you're in, wherever you are, uh, God wants to show himself mighty through you. Um, That's available. We have tools for you to discover what that looks like. Connect with us, again, midtownknox.org. Go to Next Steps, and uh, we'll connect with you there. Ms. Donna, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for the privilege. It's an absolute honor. And um, again, if you would like to connect, connect with us. Other than that, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for joining.